Hey, this is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Um, This is week two of It's Bigger Than You. I'm so excited of all of you that have gotten to enjoy week one. And if you are new and this is the first time you're listening or watching, just know you can always go back to that on all the platforms, on YouTube or listen to the podcast or Facebook. Um, just know all that is always going to be available to you, so don't feel like you're missing out. But after you enjoy all this bomb content we have for you today, you're going to want to go back if you haven't already. So um, with that being said, I... Um, I want to introduce what today is, and the title of today's lesson is called Team Jesus. Team Jesus. And so, with that being said, you know, when you're a team, when you're a fan of a team, or you play on a team, you know, what does that look like? What What is that, you know? I mean, everybody gives my husband a hard time because he's from Texas, but he's always been a Green Bay Packer fan, and he is probably like a part of the 3% of Texans that are Green Bay Packer fans, but he's always loved them. And so, like, when our little boy came home from the hospital and he had an Aaron Rodgers face on his onesie, you know, it's overkill, I know. Um, He's kind of gotten out of a lot of that, but initially that is exactly, he was just, like, such a fan. He could tell you about the field, about the past players, all the things, right? And so that that's being a part of a team. Or, or if you play on a team, you can, you can know um, different strategic um, plays that are going to be, and you go to practice and all the things. But, you know, being on Team Jesus, we have to know things about him also. Know about our team. Know about what all that entails. Know the power that we possess because we are on his team. Um, whenever we have his name on our jersey, you know, that, that we hold up a sense of respect. You know, most coaches, they care about what kids do outside the field because they represent the team. Things that they do wrong, it hinders the team. Uh, time that they don't put into it, same way, you know. And so... We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about Team Jesus. Um, This study, you know, when you're on a team, you're proud of it. You don't hide that you're you're a part of it. Like, you're proud of that. And so, knowing the details, being proud of Jesus, all these things are going to be part of what we're going to kind of talk about today. But this study in general is meant to give us confidence, y'all. Like, being a disciple, discipleship, being amongst believers, wanting to grow the kingdom of God, all these things... There are all these ways that we're supposed to embrace what he has done for us and to spread his word, you know, but all of that can't be done if we lack confidence. If we walk into rooms and we don't, we don't wear him in a sense, you know, um, we don't reach people. And so this Bible study, that's what it's meant to do, y'all, is to, it's to make you know these things in your bones. It's to give you scripture to back up what you believe. You know, last week we talked about the foundation, first and foremost. Today we're going to talk about Jesus, who he is, what he is, you know. And I always want for you to be able to back things up with scripture because, you know, we talked weeks ago, I remember about how scripture is meant to nourish us. His word is meant to nourish you, not my words. So during this podcast and these videos, you're going to hear so much scripture because I know that that's what's going to feed your spirit, not anything that I'm going to say. Okay, so before we get into these scriptures, I want to talk about this story that I heard one time. And it was about a woman who had received a bunch of money from a billionaire. And she had no idea, but she the bank had called her and said, hey, we just want to know that we just want you to know that we're so thankful that you're choosing to keep your funds here and we would like to meet with you about investments and all this and she's like confused because she was just a paycheck to paycheck kind of gal 
And whenever she gets to know all this, she's like, first, she doesn't believe it, which you wouldn't either. You'd be like, nah, got the wrong name. Wrong Shelly Zan. Okay, like I promise you that's not in my account. But after once she believed it, because then she saw it with her own eyes, she's like, oh my gosh, she was confused. And she's like, this has been a mistake. Like someone is going to think I stole this from somebody. There's no way it's this easy, you know. And then after that, they're like, no, like this is it. This is where, this is it. Like it's in your account. It's under your name. This is all, nothing's fraudulent. Like this is valid. Just embrace it. Like it's yours, you know. She was just overwhelmed with like joy and acceptance and just so much thankfulness for what had been given to her for free. Like she did not do anything to earn this money. All she had to do was just receive it, receive it as a gift. Um, So I want to ask you, if that was you and this happened to you, wouldn't you want to know who gave you that? Like that kind of money changes generations after you. That kind of money gives you power and authority and a say-so. It changes the path of your day-to-day life, your interaction with others, things you're going to be able to give to now because you're, you're, you're made able to. Think about that. Think about that large sum of money that it, it will cancel all debt you ever had. Like, let's face it, your, your stuff's paid, your kid's stuff's paid, your grandkid's stuff is paid. Wouldn't you want to know the person that gave that to you? Wouldn't you want to ask them why? Wouldn't you want to know how they got that money and what made them pick you of all people? Well, I'm here to tell you guys that salvation and what Jesus has given us on the cross to pay for our sins is way better than any amount of money that anybody could ever put in our account. And it does change generations after us. It does cover all of our debts. It does give us power and authority to make decisions. It changes our daily life and how we live and how we reach others way more than any amount of finances could, okay? So with that being said, that's what this is. Team Jesus, let's know who the person is that changed our life. Let's get to knowing. You know, y'all are aware now that our homework and our our at-home study that you're going to do by yourself, and if you're just a listener to the podcast, I encourage you to kind of check it out on YouTube. But we're giving you documents to where you can go in and kind of study for yourself. And that's what diving in deeper like that, y'all, is the game changer for this deal. Um, And so... With that being said, you're gonna you're we're gonna dive into more scripture on the home study, but for this particular part, we're just gonna go over a few things that really be able to explain what we are once we receive him. You know, you have to know that just because you become a Christian to be a disciple, then you start walking in that authority that he has given us, just like them, just like them back in the day, you know. They heal people, they dwell with him, you know, just as we can. So we know that we have been chosen for his team. And this week, we're about to know what we are. So if I asked you what you are, I'm going to say, like, what's your nationality? Um, Most of our listeners we've been able to see live in the United States, most of them here in Texas. But we do have some, like, if you're one of the ones listening in Australia or Africa or Canada, if I said, what's your nationality, you're going to tell me I'm an American or I'm a Canadian. And then you can tell me why. why. Right? Why are you a resident there? Were you born there? Did your ancestors come there? Did you just move there as an adult? Like, I don't know. But you can be able to give me an explanation. So then what if I ask you what your gender is? Are you a man or a woman? I'm going to be like, I'm a woman. What makes me a woman? Okay, I've had two kids. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. So then what about if I asked you what your occupation is? You know, what what do you do? I'd be like, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I keep my babies. I would obviously answer as I'm a hairstylist. I own a hair salon. I cut people's hair. So I'm going to give them my title, and then I'm going to give them my explanation. What makes me that? What makes me embrace that that name? Okay? 
So, describing who you are and explaining why. So, how can we do that as saying that we're a Christian? If I say, yes, I'm a Christian, okay, or I'm a disciple even, I'm a follower of Christ, well, what makes you that way, Shelly? How, how do you answer that kind of question? Like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Okay, well, why? I'm not going to be able to convince others to put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior if you can't even talk with that in authority yourself. If you can't be bold enough, you, you might be the meekest, quiet, most timid person on the planet. But if someone asks you about Jesus Christ being your Savior, it rises something up in you. It, it makes you be like, thank you for asking. Here we go. And that today, after we read these scriptures, y'all, you're going to, after this eight weeks is up, like you are going to look back and be like, wow, I am totally transformed in my authority in Jesus. That is my prayer for you. As for every listener, every watcher, whatever, that is my prayer for you. And I know he's going to provide that. So today we're going to really read a lot in Romans. We're going to not just know of Jesus, but we're going to know Jesus after these, after today. Um, praying that most of you do. I'm sure that you do, but this is this is going to be an eye-opener in a lot of ways. Um, today, we're going to itemize just a few things, too, that bring out things that we are in Christ. Um, kind of say bye to the shame and defeat side of us. Like, we're done with that. Now we're walking in righteousness because we know that we inherit that in Him. Um, the very first scripture I'm going to read is one that um, most people are um, familiar with. If you are not, this is a blow your skirt up kind of verse. It's one that we should all have memorized because it's what we stand on. Um, the first thing that we get as believers in Christ, being on his team, the first one is eternal life. Like you get off this earth to live a perfect life one day after you put your faith and trust in him, according to this book. Okay. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. That verse right there says that we get to live past this one. Okay. Eternal life. Not to mention, it's an amazing eternal life. But we get to get off this earth, according to that verse. The second one we're going to read is Romans 8, 14 through 17. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are God's children, then we are heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Those verses right there say that you are co-heirs with Christ. You are you are a brother with him. You inherit. If you, if you are an heir of something, that means you have an inheritance. That right there says we are heirs of God. We inherit from him. We, we gain sonship through him. Who else is God's son? Jesus Christ. Like that is so much power, y'all. Because of what he did for us, then we possess what he has. It says that in his, we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So once he took all of that on the cross for us, we got to rise up and be with him. That is so, like, if that's not a reason to change your life for the positive, I don't know what is. Like, you walk around with a crown on your head. Okay? Now we're going to move on to Romans 8, 33. Who will bring any charge against them who's, those whom God has chosen? We know that we are God's chosen. It is God who justifies. Who is that can, then condemns? Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life and is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. We shall separate. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. 
Know, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Wow. Nothing will be able to separate you. Nothing will be able to separate you. There's nothing high enough, nothing low enough, nor angels, nor demons. Nothing can separate you from the love of God once you have received Christ Jesus. Nothing can come in and take you. You are sealed by Him once you put your faith and trust in Him. And that is something that should give us all peace. I know in times of my life, I've looked back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm supposed to be a believer in Christ. Like, how can I even be thinking this way? How can I be acting this way? Like, have I, has He left me? No, He has not left me. I might have left Him. But once I have him, nothing can separate me from his love. Nothing at all. I want to talk to and some verses ahead. Um, whenever it talks about, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him. More than conquerors. More than conquerors. Like when you conquer something, you take it over. This right here is more than taking it over, man. Once he has our life, once we give our lives to him, he does above and beyond with it. He doesn't just take it and hold it. And leave it stagnant. No, he pours into it and he excels it in all the right ways, in excellent ways. I just, I love that one. And people hold on to that phrase, we're more than conquerors. And I totally see why. But I just wanted to read on through 37, guys, because we need to understand that once we receive that we are more than conquerors, nothing takes that from us. Because we can all walk in and we can all stand and rise up and say, I'm more than a conqueror. But then the minute that the evil hits and the bad day comes and the bad attitudes hit us again and then we're disappointed in our husband and we want to quit our job and all the things come down, we want to think that, that he's forsaken and he hasn't. What he says is nothing can separate you from my love, okay? Now we're going to jump in Romans 3, verse 22 through 24. Righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came in Christ Jesus. Justified freely. Those, those verses are amazing. Number one, it says that everybody's sinned and falls short. So if anybody tries to tell you that your sin is bigger than their sin, they've sinned too. Okay, so it doesn't matter. But what does matter is that we are justified. When something is justified, y'all, that means that it is, um, it's vindicated. It's made right. It's excused. And I feel like a lot of Christians and a lot of believers, we cannot wrap our mind around that. Number one, because we put sins on different pedestals, but God does not see it that way. Number two is because we want to think that that we're better than somebody. So maybe we've been justified different than they are. And there's no way that they could be forgiven of that. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people that have heard a lot of people in this world. And there's some dark, dark, dark things that go on. But what I want to tell you is that even the thief on the cross beside Jesus Right then when he became a believer, he looked at me and said, you know what? You are the Messiah. He said, yes, I am. And he said, today you will be with me in paradise. That means right then he was justified, y'all. And obviously he wasn't a good guy if he's one of the thieves hanging beside him, right? But we can't wrap our mind around that. We want to say, okay, my God is my God. My God is greater. My God is stronger. But nah, sister over there in the corner, she better find her her bigger God because she got too much. You know, we we do that. We, we throw that. I say that we do. I know that I have. In the past, I can't speak for you, and, and I hope that you've never gone that low. But I, I have. I've looked and been like, man. And then when scriptures say that say like, don't be judged, lest you'll be judged. I think like, hold up, hold up. You're right, Lord. 
Like I, I have no stone to throw at anybody else because I need to look at Shelly in the mirror every single day. But I just want you to know that if you've ever felt not worthy to be on Team Jesus, that verse right there says, we've all sinned and fallen short and we've all been justified to put our faith in him. You need to know that you are worthy and you are in a um, special edition that he can't reach or he can't cover. There is none of that in his eyes. He created every single one of us and he died for you knowing what you were going to do. He still died for you, knowing all the things that you were going to do wrong and the ways you were going to stray away from him. He still chose to, to give his life for you. So after that, I want to read. We're going to go back to Romans, but I want to read in Revelation real quick. Revelation 1, 17. And um, this is going to be the last book in your Bible. This book fascinates a lot of people. It fascinates me. It is a lot. Um, so I always tell people to pray extremely hard before you study the book of Revelation. But there is an amazing, um, encouraging verse in here that I'm going to read to you real quick. It's Revelation 1, 17 and 18. Yeah, I'm going to read both. This is John talking about his encounter whenever he's writing this book. He says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead, and behold, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Jesus right there, he tells him, don't, don't be afraid. He's like, you know me, I, I was dead, now I'm not, and now I'll never die again. I will be here forever and ever, and I've conquered death. He has conquered death. So what is there to fear? You know, we get to be here on earth. That's great. We serve him. But if we pass away and if we go on to what's ahead of us, we receive the ultimate reward. Because in Christ, we've defeated death also. And you need to understand that. You understand that he, he holds the key to hell. Okay, and he's already conquered it. He's already conquered it for you and for me, and he'll never die again. So in him and what we possess in him as believers, we have the authority over that to not be scared to die anymore. Does that mean that we're going to want to leave people that we love? No, of course not. You know, are we going to be missed? Are we going to miss others? Yeah, but we need to also really hold on to the fact that, that death is a reward. Entering the kingdom of God is a reward. So this is kind of kind of to wrap up here. Being on his team, y'all, it's not going to be comfortable. It's not always going to be, you know, all the glorious things, but life isn't in general, whether you're a believer in him or not. Like there is no way to have a perfect life here on earth. Okay. But whenever you submit to him and his plan for you and you're okay with not being comfortable, that's whenever he gets to come in and do big things. But I just, I don't want to spoil this movie, but me and Wesley went on a date last weekend and um, we saw the new Top Gun. And if you have not seen it, highly encourage it. Um, it's not a perfect movie, but um, there's a few times where you're just like, oh, that word. But here's the deal. The storyline, amazing. It ends well, amazing. It's not a bunch of gibberish, sex scene, sci-fi, all the things. Like, it's truly wholesome, I thought. Um, it was it was a good, good watch. But um, for those of you that haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it, but I am going to talk about a little piece of it, a little part of it, because um, me and Wesley got in the car after we left, and I was like, dude, like that part right there got me. Like it just correlates with our faith in a way. And so we got to talking about it. And what it is, is whenever he's Maverick is told to go take on this role, he's looking around like, nah, like not me. Like I might be the best of the best at this, y'all, but there's no way I should walk in the role of doing this other thing. And what it was, was being a teacher. He's like, absolutely not, not me. Well, the guy that sent him and pulled the strings for him to be there, he ends up texting him and he's like, hey, just checking on you. And he's like, look, 
you should have warned me that this was going to be like this. And he said, if I would have warned you, would you have come? And whenever I saw that, I just thought, how many times do we say like, I'm going to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I'm all in. Pick me, Lord, where you go. You know what I'm saying? But then whenever we decide that the the assignment that he's given us might not be in our comfort zone, which 100% it never will be because we have to rely on him. Would we have come? If he told us everything that was going to bring us out of our comfort zones, would he, would we have chosen to say yes? Probably not. But y'all, once you get into that water and once he's up there with you and he's the one that's keeping you on solid ground when you should be sinking, it is worth it every single time. Every single time it's worth it. So um, the last one we're going to read in Romans, it's going to be Romans 12, 3. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and read two also. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Tells us what God's will is, y'all. It's good, pleasing, and perfect. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. What that's telling us is we need to be transformed, obviously. That way we can read, okay, this is of God, this isn't of God, okay? But then it tells us, don't think highly of yourself. No matter how much God does through you and builds you up, it's not about you. <laughs> it's bigger than you. It's so much bigger than you, okay? Don't think highly of yourself. Don't think like, wow, people are showing up for me. Nah, they're showing up for him if they're showing up for the right reason. It's not about you. It's not about me key title of this whole Bible study is that it's bigger than you and it's bigger than me. And I'm so thankful that it is. It's bigger than us because it affects heaven, not just earth. Now we're going to end with our last three questions. I hope you guys have enjoyed, you know, what all these scriptures have been today. I know that they were amazing for me to just kind of understand the authority and the, and the power that I possess of what Christ has given me and what he's done in me. Um, so I just want to ask you, the first question is, are you proud to be on his team? Are you somebody that wants to go and, and kind of be like Wesley was back in the day? Like, look, everybody's a Cowboys fan, but I'm wearing my Green Bay shirt. You know, what is that for you? I don't know. But wherever you go, are you are you welcome to say like, yeah, I'll pray before we eat? Are you willing to say, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a follower of Christ. I'll put a Bible verse next to my desk at work. Maybe someone will see it, see it and I can represent him. Or are you a person that's like, you know what? My walk is my walk. You know, I'm just, it's just me and Jesus. Nobody. He doesn't tell you to keep him a secret. He doesn't. He didn't tell them. He's not telling you. So I just want to ask you, are you proud to be on his team? The second question is, do you feel like you're playing in the game or sitting on the bench? You know, it makes me think of like guys that get red shirted or, or people that maybe are injured. I don't know. But they're on the bench for a while. They're not actually playing in the game. You know, I was a Christian. I think I was, I've told, told y'all a little bit of my testimony about how I received Jesus, but I didn't live like he was my Lord. So I just wanted you to know that all those years that I wasted not living for him, not loving him like I should, not pouring into him, I was sitting on the bench. I was still on the team. Okay. I was sealed. I was getting there. I had on the jersey, but I was not playing in the game. And I got news. You don't win the game if you don't play the game. You don't. Someone else might be doing it and you might get to put your name on it, but you're not. So I just want to ask you, what's hindering you? If you are one of the ones that's on the bench like I was all those years, what's keeping you on there? 
What has you injured? Maybe it's something you need to say, Lord, come heal this for me. Like this has separated from me, separated me from you long enough. And I just want to be healed from it right now today, Lord, in my car, in the gym, wherever you're at listening, just ask him, say, I don't want to be on the bench anymore, Father. I want to be in the game on your team, Lord. I want to be in the game. The third question I'm going to ask you is, are you encouraged by what you've already heard today? Are you encouraged by what those verses say that you are? Are you encouraged by the authority that you possess also? Are you encouraged that you're a co-heir with Christ? You're, you've gained sonship through, his, through his, his whole sacrifice of what he did for you. You're more than a conqueror. You've been justified. Do those verses today, do they encourage you? Because I ask if they do encourage you, I ask that you share one of them, multiple of them if you want to, but at least one of them. Share one of those verses with somebody this week. Share them. Even if you just post it on your story, tag us. That would be really awesome. Just be like impact over influence. But send it to them in a text message. Pray about it. Say like, Lord, who needs this verse like I needed this verse? I pray that you actually do that and you step out and you we start this discipleship right now. That's what this eight weeks is. It's to encourage you to go out and be disciples of all nations. I want you to know I said the verse of justified, but you are worthy. You are worthy enough to be on his team, but you're nothing without him. You're everything with him, but you're nothing without him. None of us are. Um, don't let the enemy stop you from playing in the game. Don't let him be the one to keep you on the bench. Um, I thank you guys for staying with me today, for, for listening in, for watching, however you're doing it. I pray that this is blessing you as I know that it will. And I just ask that you come back and enjoy it with us next week. Thank you so much for listening. And I encourage you that you can have a relationship with the one that created you. So spread Jesus.